This Zone Sports Report starts right now. Welcome into the Zone Sports Report. I'm Eric Jensen. Breaking news this morning in college hoops around the state of Utah. Craig Smith will be leaving Utah State to move down to Salt Lake City and coach the Utah Utes. The decision comes after four Utes, including Timmy Allen and Riley Batten, entered the transfer portal yesterday. Utah State will now begin the process of looking for a new head coach. The Jazz with a 117-114 to win over the Grizzlies last night, Donovan Mitchell 35 points and averaging nearly 30 points per game since the All-Star break. Jazz will take on the Grizzlies tonight at 7 p.m. on 97.5 FM, pregame at 6 p.m. And starting around noon on 1280 a.m., be sure to tune in for the NCAA tournament coverage as all four games today will be broadcast on that signal. Now back to Utah Car Sense with Austin Horton on 975-1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. I am a charger that charges through the night like an orange bolt of lightning passing everything in sight. I'm the best pound the Duke boy has ever had. I'm thunder on the highway looking bad, bad, bad. I'm a knight, like the kind in shining armor with my polished body gleaming. I'm a fighter and a charm. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back, Utah. Car Sense, Austin Horton, Jeff Miller with you. We're here every Saturday, 10 to noon, looking for your phone calls this week. 855-340-ZONE. If you missed it, Craig Smith is being introduced coming up at 1130 uh, as the next head coach at Utah Men's Hoops, leaving uh, the Utah State program. He resigned this morning. He's going to take over for the departed uh, Larry Kraskoviak up here on the hill. And uh, that being said, our poll question this week, you call in and answer it or ask any question, tell any story, make any comment. You're entered into the drawing for a oil change at the end of the show. Our poll question, though, 855-340-ZONE. What kind of car does a ute, a cougar, or a, or an Aggie fan drive? little rivalry smack going on as Utah poached the Aggies head coach this morning. 855-340-ZONE. Jeff, are you okay if we take another call out the gate here? Let's do it. Mark has waited patiently. Hi, Mark. Hey, guys. Thanks for calling. I've got in. Uh, two out of the three. I don't have. I don't have an Aggie, but I got two out of the three. BYU. I'm going to guess is a covered wagon with big blue wheels <laughs> and four oxen. Okay. Uh, University of Utah is a 2008 bright, shiny red Kia. <laughs> It sure looks pretty, but it didn't have enough power to do what you needed. Wow. You've put some thought into this, Mark. That's great. And, and you, you got to make sure that that Kia has a, a, a some kind of souped-up muffler so that you always hear it. No matter what you there are you trying go. to do, you, it's always there going, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Yeah. Yep. You hear all about <laughs> it, but it doesn't really do much. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Well done. Take I care. love it. Uh, the, Jeff, the, all due respect to the 08 team. They were terrific. In my opinion, they were the best team to ever play at the University of Utah. 
but it's been a long time. It's like my problem with BYU fans. 84 was before I was alive. Shut up about it. 2008, it's, it's, we're, we're 2021 now. There's a whole new generation of fans that are about to graduate high school in the next couple of years since 2008. So let's, let's just uh, let's all chill with the history, shall we? Yeah, I think the Utah fans should just focus on how many times in a row they've beaten BYU. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just stay to that one, okay? Because that's more what? modern, right? We, we can go with that one, I guess. So, Jeff, you're going you're, – you're saying that perhaps a, a, uh, a train for the University of Utah with nine, maybe ten cars behind the engine? Is that what you're going with here? Yeah, I think, I think we should just focus on that. I don't <laughs> think we need to focus on that way. I think we just focus on the many oh, times that man. BYU's lost at football. I love – Love rivalry smack. It's my favorite, favorite thing. Uh, as long as it stays within the, the kindness of sports, obviously. All I know is that my children have never seen a BYU victory. Oh, that's good. And and uh, uh, they've also never seen Utah schedule Utah State. So it's also true. <laughs> Let's well, keep this going. The actual works, you can't do it. You can only take one or two. Uh, one, I'd, now, prefer, I'd actually prefer Utah schedule Utah State than BYU. You'd probably get a better game. <laughs> Jeff. I love it. It's so fun. Now, does Craig Smith schedule Utah State going forward? I hope so. Huh. I, really I, do. I think that especially in the basketball world where you can schedule all those teams, like I think it's only better for the state to have those interstate games. Yeah, I'm sad that the, the Beehive Classic didn't do as well as everyone had hoped yeah. it would do. Uh, but Still, I like to see in-state schools play across the board. Football, soccer, baseball, basketball, volleyball. I like to see them all play. Uh, I, Unfortunately, I, in the college football world, it just doesn't work. Right. You only have so many games. Utah and can't schedule, Utah's not going to schedule two in-state teams. That would be really, really, really. It would be really, really stupid from a recruiting standpoint. It would put them at a disadvantage, yeah. Totally. Uh, not to mention the the idea that they are trying to still in that conference, get some kind of prowess going in the playoff world. And if they have an undefeated team, but their three non-conferences were against uh, bad teams, you could totally see a two-loss SEC team getting in over an undefeated Pac-12 team with a weak schedule, so to say. So, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, the, 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 so the sports... The have actually pulled out some pretty good scheduling for the next few years. Who is? Utah? Utah, yeah. Their future schedule's not too bad. In football? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, BYU's is pretty good too, but it's not. I'd, I wouldn't anticipate it being fun uh, for, they're, they're, for BYU. I'm fans. pretty sure they're going to win their conference. <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> well, let's see. Is Notre Dame in their conference or not? <laughs> no, Depends on who you ask, right? <laughs> well, the independent conference. Which now, who's, the, who's Utah having? In, so Utah's got who's their out of conference games this year at San Diego, San Diego, wait, BYU, San Diego state. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Weber. So we got, we got two Utah, we got two in state. Oh, games I forgot year. Weber who is playing by the way, this afternoon up in Ogden, make sure you get they out are. there, get some fresh air and have a good time yeah, so with Utah, the family. Yeah. Utah's got Weber, BYU and San Diego state. That's a pretty weak schedule this year. 2022 is when we start Florida though. And that's a, at, that's, at Florida, that's a home and home. Yeah, which I'm that so to get a home and home with the Gators is exciting. That's really cool. Yeah, Sometimes so you hear about these. They'll come to Rice Eccles. We got 2023 where it's going to be tough. 2023, we've got Florida and Baylor. Wow. 
Well, what's Baylor going to be in two years? I don't know. You never know. What's Florida yeah. going to be in two years? Well, it's always going to be Florida. You're still going to get the, the fast the fast guys going to Florida. That's always going to happen. But uh, when, sometimes you hear about these schedule announcements, these home-to-homes or the, the one one and twos, and you're looking, it's like 2038. And I'm like, okay, I don't even need to know about that. But the Florida one, it's right around the corner, so to say. It's just two seasons off here. So that's exciting. Totally. We got a home and home with Baylor. I think there's a home and home with Houston coming up. It's very cool. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. That's our poll question this week. Uh, moving the rivalry smack talk here on Utah Car Sense, 855-340-ZONE. Jeff, I want to share this story I saw with you. I, in fact, driving in today, uh, there was a Dodge Challenger that was going probably 800 miles an hour. Uh, down the freeway and it was but it would do this weird thing where it would get right up on someone's tail that person would move over and then they would just speed up to the next car they just did not like cars being in front of them and then all of the sudden i got to about farmington and it was on the far in the far right lane going like 60 and i and i went past it and, and i was like what is going on here and I don't think this is what was going on, but it's interesting that then when I got here, I saw this story that in the Dodge Challenger and Charger, they are now inputting a security mode wherein the every time you turn on the car, you have to input a four-digit PIN number okay. to access the full horsepower that the engine has. If you don't know the PIN number, you can still drive the car but it only gives you 2.8 horsepower and 22 pound feet of torque. And thus it will drive very, very, very slowly, which could buy time to catch the thief or convince them to abandon the endeavor, endeavor altogether, according to uh, autoblog.com. What do you think of this idea? Is it going to be annoying to have to put in a pin every time? I think somewhat can, but I mean, there's a, so STIs have a feature similar to that. Do they? So at STI, you can turn, you can, you have to know how to program into it, sort of valet mode, where you can turn it to make it so it has a rev limiter. Uh huh. So you can turn like a rev limiter at 2,500 RPMs. So the guy on a Ferris Bueller can't go joyriding yeah, so in your STI. Exactly. I got it. Okay, cool. Well, I I thought maybe this guy on the freeway was <laughs> suddenly had it had it a, a governor placed on it. I don't know, but that. So what what is so if it's 2.8 horsepower. How fast is that thing going to go? Five miles an hour? How fast yeah, can you go with like two, two horsepower? 2.8 horsepower is nothing. <laughs> I know. I, I, don't, I think I could pedal faster on a bike maybe. Oh. I don't but, know if 2.8 horses could pull a Dodge Challenger. <laughs> true, true. So there you go. Just a, a weird little thing I saw. I thought that was an interesting idea because those are the type of cars that thieves are going to target, by the way, especially joyride thieves or or, or – uh, uh, it'd be a quick flip to get a nice challenger as a thief. It'd be a quick flip. You can get that out from under you really quick. Not that I would know. Totally. Uh, the 2021 Subaru Impreza is getting new driving modes. The SI Drive says it will maximize the engine's performance. What do you know about this, Jeff? So they've had SI Drive on Outbacks and Legacies and everything for a while. So just it, it's a way to you can adjust the engine performance on the fly. If you want to be in intelligent mode or sport mode, you can change how the accelerator is going to respond based on how you want to drive it. If you want to save gas, if you want to more perform. So it's just moving it to one more model. 
And I think it's a model that uh, doesn't get its due respect. I love the Impreza, especially the hatchback Imprezas. Uh, the five is a great car. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's the entry level Subaru, but it's a great car. Uh, do you lease Imprezas? Uh huh. Yeah, that, that's. I think. I think more people should look into that because uh, I was talking to a, a friend the other day, and I mentioned this friend last hour who's in the market for a new car or used car, and I said, "Why don't you? Why don't you just call up Jeff? And just call up his team and see what they can get you in it. Maybe even do an, an Impreza." Because he hey, just you can needs a commuter. Impressive for under three hundred a month. Yeah, see, that's awesome, and that's all they would need, and that's about what they'd be paying for a, a junky used car. So yeah, because I mean, a, a two zero basic hatchback Impreza is going to be a twenty one, twenty two thousand dollar car. Right, right. Now his his problem is he doesn't. He's got two kids, both ones in a booster, ones in a uh, a high chair, a, a, a car seat. And he thinks that that's going to be a tight fit in Impreza, which it might be, but he it's generally, I mean, generally it'll fit all right. I mean, I, I come in and bring a car seat with you and we'll test it out, but generally a booster and a car seat, you should be okay. Even in an Impreza you're fitting three across, you're probably not going to, it's not going to work. Yeah. Right. But that for two, that generally will work. And you'd probably, you'd still have room for the diaper bag in the middle, probably too, if it were between the two seats. So okay. uh, they owe it. I told him they owe it to themselves to at least check before they think they're going to have to pour in $400 a month in a used car. I, I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. But to each their own. Now, that begs a question. Can someone rent an Impreza from you? Is that part of your rental program? Yeah, we have Imprezas in our rental car fleet, for sure. And they're not that expensive to rent either. I think our, let me see if I can figure out what the daily rate. I want to say it's like 40 bucks a day. Wow, okay. There's actually there's an interesting article out there the other day. I read about rental fleets right now. Yes. It's spring break. Yes. Like the cost to rent a car right now is insane. Ridiculous. $300 a day for a Kia Rio. A Kia Rio is the headline I saw at CNN. Yeah, it's nuts. That... Because there's, because during COVID, all the rental fleets emptied their inventory. Yeah. Yep. And now with the chip shortage and everything, most of the manufacturers can't resupply them. And now a year later, m- travels back up. I mean, if, 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 if to the to the detriment of the country in some places like Panama uh, City, Florida, where it's just uh, we're going to have a new variant by tomorrow, I think, uh, because of all the spring breakers down there. But because everyone sold off their rental fleet, you're looking at a tough, tough, stiff competition to get a rental car. Now, it's not as bad in places like here right now. But I think we don't talk about your rental program enough, Jeff, because for that very scenario I was just talking about, a buddy or a friend or someone who's in the market for a new, different car but isn't sure about the logistics of how it will fit in the garage or the car seats, how will that work, or the gas mileage, rent it for a weekend from you, see how it works, put the car seats in, park it in the garage, and then you know for sure if you're into it or not. And that's what we've been trying to, we try and tell people, like, come in, we'll let you have a car. It's a great way to test a car before you drive it. And generally, if you do that, we'll, we'll take some of the rental fee off and take it against the price of the car if you end up buying it. Oh, wow. I know, that's, that's nice of you. Really cool. Uh, and, and then, of course, you, I love the idea that they can rent from you because out at the airport, let's say people are flying in or, or whatever and they are going for ski trips, you don't always have the best get up and down the mountain fleets available out at the airport rentals 
you call up and, and get an ascent from Mark, from Jeff at Mark Miller, and get up and down that that mountain no problem. Totally. Now, speaking of which, did you see the the problem with? Uh, we talk about this every winter. What is the solution to the the problems going up and down the canyons, uh, commuting and 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 the the long lines of cars and everything? How often did you ski this season, Jeff? Did you get up there? I did not go up one of the the Cottonwood canyons ever. Like I didn't want to brave that idea. Um, I skied up the Harley's Canyon quite a few times, and that wasn't so bad. But I've heard the Cottonwood Canyons are just, I mean, especially on the weekends, it's almost not even worth it. Yeah, I saw an article in the Salt Lake Tribune that was talking about Alta, uh, and the parking is just an absolute mess. And there's really, I have not heard anyone give a fix-every-problem solution. There's some ideas that are better than others. But I, I really think as this, as this state what do you moves think of the forward, train idea? The train? Is that what you said? Yeah. Uh, as long as it's a clean train, <laughs> I'm okay with it. I don't, I don't want any coal trains rolling up and down that mountain with. Oh, it'll be, yeah. it'll be an electric train. So tell me, tell me more about that. Maybe I haven't even don't know what you're talking about. So one of the proposals coming out, it's a it would be a nine mile, what's called a cog railway. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, yeah. We talked about right, this so a few weeks ago. The yeah. ones you see in Switzerland and Europe, and they have one at Six like Flags Magic Mountain. Yeah, it goes so up and down. It, it yeah. would get it would reach Snowbird in 19 minutes or Alta in 25 minutes, and it would transport 3,000 people an hour. Yeah, that is a great idea. That, it that, would lower air pollution in the canyon by a ton, and basically they'd have to build they basically build a parking garage down by Lakai. Yeah, we talked about that because then I asked if Mark Eaton would be happy, and you reminded me, no, he owns Tuscany, not Lakai. Yeah, and these are full. They're just electric. It's just one lane, one rail electric. Hit the wire above it, right? Yes. It's 25 uh, I mean, I minutes faster. If they enough. could pull that off, and because if they could do that and then close the canyon to regular traffic, so the only people who could go up the canyon would be commercial vehicles or buses. What if? I think that would be. A, yeah. How many people or, live up that canyon, though? Or people who live there, too, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So if you live there. Like you'd have to have a residence pass or employee pass. Like probably not even an employee pass. Employees should have to take the train, too. I, yeah, employees, yeah. Yep. Now, is 25 minutes, obviously, that's better than an hour, hour and a half sitting in traffic to get up the mountain. It's faster than traffic right now. And right now, to up that canyon, only 1,000 a, a vehicles can travel up the canyon an hour. In and, the best this, and let's say 1,000 vehicles an hour. This is going to move 3,000 people. A thousand vehicles an hour. If there's one, maybe two in each car, this one's moving three thousand people an hour. Yeah, totally. Uh, so uh, the problem is it costs a billion dollars. Uh, yeah, and that's so we need we need ideas, we need solutions. How much would a cog system cost, though? At one billion dollars <laughs> <laughs> for nine miles. <laughs> How much is in that rainy day fund, and is it worth spending on that, by the way? So here it is. Actually, here's what it is. So two potential alignments. One will align along the north edge of the uphill side of the highway, and the other along the south side closer to the creek. The, the single side, which single track with sidings would be $345 million for the north side alignment and $267 million for the south side alignment. Hmm. 
because the north side goes through a lot of avalanche paths. So they have to put sheds up to keep the track free of the debris. Now, I remember I remember last year when we were talking about the legislative session and all that, there were some that were uh, predicting the rainy day fund was somewhere around $4.5 billion. Could we not carve off $1 billion of that $4.5 billion and fix this problem? I think from a recreation and what's made Utah so popular and what it brings to the state, Yes. I mean, I think it pays for itself, as crazy as that is to say, just in the number of people it will bring to. But then you have the argument of as crowded as the ski resorts are already, do you want to be able to put more people in those ski resorts? Well, the idea, uh, at least if I owned the ski resort, if I'm getting more and more people, I'm seeing more and more potential dollar signs. I'm going to expand my mountain. I'm going to expand my resort uh, and make it bigger. So and that's nicer. the second part is that they can't expand the mountain without the Forest Service signing off. Anything can happen with the right amount of dollars and the right people shaking hands, Jeff. That's true. <laughs> so I think that those things, while I'm simplifying them, they are complicated and would take time. I think they would figure themselves out, though, if the, if the logistics side of it were fixed. Because that's what we're looking at right now is we've got a cap on how many people totally. and, can get and up there. The, like, so Save Our Canyons, which is one of the biggest group, environmental groups in this, Yes, is even, they've been pushing to try to expand bus service and have more bus services going up and down. But they even they said that the group could get behind the rail if it eliminates all but essential vehicle travel in the canyon. So as long as you're connecting that to regional transit, like tracks and the bus systems, right? Then they'd right. get beyond it because if they could get rid of all the vehicle travel going up and down the canyon, it'd be much better for the canyon. Less pollution and it's better for everybody. Yep. Hey, we're going to take our final break here on Utah Car Sense. Give us your calls, 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. What kind of car does a Ute, Cougar, or Aggie fan drive? Utah State uh, head coach uh, Craig Smith resigned this morning, is about to be introduced as the next head coach at the University of Utah. Also on the other side, we'll talk about, we were mentioned the, the airport problems earlier. There's a solution coming, but how soon? And seven American cars that failed overseas, but why? We'll talk about that and more as Utah Car Sense rolls on. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back, Utah Car Sense. Austin Horton and Jeff Miller with you. Jeff, uh, the owner of Mark Miller Subaru. Check him out at 3535 South State or 10920 South State. Uh, here in the Salt Lake Valley. Jeff, we're just moments away from the University of Utah introducing Craig Smith as the next head coach of their men's basketball team. And we're going we're gonna to peek in for a couple minutes live uh, to get Craig Smith's uh, initial thoughts as he takes over for the departed Larry Kraskoviak. Well, I think Mark Harlan is just introducing him now. Let, let, let's pull that up and just catch uh, Harlan's intro and then hear a few minutes of Craig Smith. Let's do it. Uh, in this process and certainly our board of trustees who were also very helpful uh, in all of this. So here we are, 
uh, the, the opportunity here to introduce our new leader uh, of, of the men's basketball program at the University of Utah. You know, I've had my eye on, on Craig Smith for, for a while. It's hard not to see the unbelievable success uh, that has gone on in Logan, Utah over these last few years. Um, you know, seeing them in the tournament uh, these last three years has been an incredible achievement by coach and, and, and everybody up there. Um, just, just incredible work. But his work goes beyond that. It goes to the other stops along the way and everything that, that, he's, that he's done. When I went out looking uh, for a coach, what I wanted first and foremost was someone that's passion uh, for mentoring and teaching young men the ability to communicate at the very highest of levels and to develop deep, deep relationships. You know, then we would talk about ball. That was really the, 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 the whole process for me. And boy, is this gentleman uh, have all those qualities and more. You know, people throughout the, the last few years talking about his success and how we did it. I think what I've learned at the end of the day, it's about Darcy. Would you agree to that? <laughs> There's no question. Uh, Darcy, who's on the other side of, of this Zoom and the incredible family that's here. So we've, we've learned the, the trick to that. Out kicking your coverage in this case, coach. Good recruiter. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's absolutely right. So it is with absolute uh, joy, pleasure, and honor uh, to introduce Coach Craig Smith as the new Headman's basketball coach at the University of Utah. Coach? Thank you, Mark. Appreciate you. Um, couldn't be more thrilled to be the men's basketball coach at the University of Utah. And thank you to Mark. Uh, just getting to know Mark, you know, his vision for our basketball program and certainly what I've always believed in uh, in terms of having a successful program. Uh, we're very much aligned and tied at the hip of what we're trying to do. And, you know, I'm a history guy. So where we were, where we are and where we're going. And of course, this basketball program as one of the steepest traditions in all of college basketball. And, and, and our expectation is to win and win at the highest level and do it a certain way. And, you know, we were very fortunate to do some amazing things at Utah State. And I can't thank John Hartwell, the athletic director there, uh, enough for believing in me and, and uh, President Noel Cockett and all the people that supported us. It was an amazing journey for three years, going to three straight NCAA tournaments. And, and, and now, you know, moving to Utah with, uh, with the rich tradition, like we, you know, I met with the players earlier um, today. And like we told them, what, what don't we have in our program, you know, and, and we have the history, we have the facilities, we have an amazing support staff and we can go on and on and on and we can get into more details on that. But our family, I want to thank Darcy uh, Darcy and I celebrated our 25th anniversary last year where um, she's never been to Hawaii and, and we were all set to go and then COVID hit. So she's been bothering me like, hey, we're going to get to Hawaii this summer or not, but uh, we'll see how the recruiting process goes. But um, she's an amazing person. Um, we all know the things that our uh, wives have to go through, um, through this whole thing. My four amazing kids, Landon, uh, who's a uh, sophomore in college, Brady, a junior in high school, and of course, Carson, a ninth grader, and Lauren, our fifth grader. And we're all in this thing together. Uh, we can't wait to get rolling and roll up our sleeves. We're going to work our hands to the bone um, to put a fantastic winning uh, team on the floor. And, um, and we can't wait to get this journey started. Great. Thank you. We'll start the uh, questions now with Alex Vehar of the Salt Lake Tribune. All right, I just wanted to make sure we, we got Craig's uh, initial thoughts on joining uh, the, the Utah basketball program as the head coach there. 
And uh, we'll, of course, roll on the, the rest of that. We'll get the Q&A up online at its conclusion as well to uh, see what the media has to ask of Craig Smith. But, Jeff, you're a Utah grad, a Utah alum. We talked at the first of the show before we get back to cars here. What are your uh, takeaways from what uh, uh, Coach Smith had to say about the Utes? I'm excited about it. I mean, I think I'm, I think that he's a great pick. I think he'll be a great coach for the Utes, and hopefully he can keep the, the biggest question in his first week is whether he can keep all the guys that went in the transfer portal yesterday to get themselves out of the transfer portal. How many entered the, the transfer portal? One over the next yeah. couple of days. How many entered? Four yesterday? Wow. Yesterday. Was Timmy Allen among them? Timmy Allen was among them. That's and the big that's, one. That's the uh, – we were texting earlier, you and I, and – I don't know. If I were Timmy, I think Craig Smith is enough to, to keep me engaged and interested at in staying at Utah, but who knows? You don't know. And that that will be his number one uh, hurdle is to keep that talent would, that is currently there there to then build upon it going forward. I would hope he is going directly from the press conference to Timmy Allen's dorm room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or wherever he, he might be. Isn't He's a Utah guy, he so he's probably at home, but... Uh, he said, uh, we have an expectation to win, to win at a high level, and do it in the right way. I think that uh, quote right there, time will tell how that goes for Craig Smith at the University of Utah. But I, I think the hire makes sense, and I think uh, Mark Harlan did a good job by getting him to agree to, to be the next head coach of the Utes. Utah State, by the way, there are some rumors floating around, some scuttlebutt already about who they might be focused on, and one of the names that I think Aggies fans should be excited about is Craig Smith's old boss at Colorado State, Tim Miles, who uh, wreaked havoc on the Mountain West during the Jimmer years at BYU and then went on to not have such great success at Nebraska, but still a hard-nosed coach that uh, taught Craig Smith a lot, and he's about as close to Craig Smith as you can find. So if Tim Miles is interested, I think the Aggies would – would uh, do themselves a, g- a good deed by getting him on board there. So we'll keep you apprised as the week goes on here on uh, the Zone Sports Network. All right, let's get back to the cars for a moment before we close out the show here. 855-340-ZONE. You've got a really good chance to win the oil change this week. 855-340-ZONE. Get in with a question, a comment, a story. You'll be entered into that drawing. Jeff, we talked in the first hour about the problems at the airport, namely getting from gate A to gate B. Uh, apparently we take the the pioneer trek literally at the salt lake airport these days well uh our friend elgal who who sent this to me alex sent this to me on twitter courtesy of abc4 utah the good news is there's a solution a tunnel at the new airport is uh, being built to ease walking times uh crews there are placing h piles at an average of 17 per day to create a solid foundation it's gonna cut the 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 distance between the two portals or the two gates down to nothing they'll be pretty much next door uh, with that direct uh, tunnel the bad news though is it's slated to open in 2024 that's a little bit from now so <laughs> between now it's and then another it's just another tunnel well, i think it's closer though isn't it no, so the problem with it right now is to get to, so the B tunnel, the B gate's the same, like, parallel to the A gates, right? So you have yes. to go all the way down probably 15 gates uh-huh. to get to the tunnel to go to B. So if you have to go all the way to B and then you have to walk all the way back, that's the issue. And the, But isn't this tunnel going to go 
So this tunnel goes like right where the main big glass thing is, right when you walk into security. Uh-huh. This tunnel will go straight from there to B, to the other side of B. So essentially, there'll just be two tunnels to B. So if you have to go A to B, it'll still be a trek. It's but still if, a trek. But, but if you're going closer, straight I mean, to it's, B. It's a lot closer than the longest gate to the longest gate. Okay. It'll help a lot. Good. Well, uh, it's going to take three years, apparently, to get that up and going. Now, I, th- I assume you're in favor of the Olympics returning here, I guess. 100%. Big support. And uh, we're looking at, what, 30 or 34 for those winter well, Olympics? Everything I've heard from the guys, 30 or 34 is the most likely. And this would obviously have – this airport will have been in place, finished for half a decade at that point, completely finished. I think that that's – I think that's going to be a big draw to get the, those Olympics back here. I, it might sound silly to some, but uh, – the, the and what we were talking about earlier, the cool cog train up and down the mountain, we can only do ourselves favors to try and get those uh, Olympics back here by adding this cool infrastructure. Yeah, I don't – I'd be surprised, I mean, if Salt Lake doesn't get it. I'd be surprised too because we've – it just makes – it makes sense from an economic, a logistics, a cultural – it makes sense – for it to come back here and i i was a punk nose kid in 2002 i was 16 years old i didn't know what we had at the time i didn't i took it i so took it for granted and i was spoiled and i i really wish i had gone out and seen some of the events and volunteered and and done all that so i'd welcome that with open arms i've already put my name in for to try and get as involved as i possibly can so when the olympics came around the first time um in 2002 my dad would have been 52 at the time and um he he ran the he ran a venue he was a venue chair oh he did he ran all the volunteers at the sports park so the bobsled ski jump venue ah cool yeah he he ran that venue so he was a big part of it and like i I would love to do that myself if i would be lucky enough to be given the opportunity so which is really funny because if it was 2030 i would be 50 Oh, it'd be, it was 2034. I would be 54. Comes back around. That's pretty that cool. Funny? It's That's really cool. funny how it comes around. And I talked a lot with um, Jeff Robbins, who's a good customer of ours and a guy I've known for a long, long time. He's the head of the Utah Sports Commission. Great guy. Yep. Yeah, really great guy. Incredible guy. You should get, should get him on your show. I'm sure he's been on the radio station a bunch. Yeah, for sure. And talking to him about it, it's really funny because a lot of people like my dad and stuff like that who were involved in. 2002 but come to him and like yeah i'd love to be involved in again i'd love to do the same job we did before we'll do it again it's like i don't have a heart to tell all of these guys that they're <laughs> going to be like 80s <laughs> we need we need we don't need walmart greeters at the Olympics, like do you have a man. do you have a kid who could do it <laughs> i'd say that some of these couldn't do the job oh. but i think it was how do you like, tell them? Yeah. It's a whole different world than when you did it the first time. Just just text back, oh, those were good times. Let's do lunch. You know, something yeah. generic. It's yeah. funny because some of those guys, were, the average age of a venue chair was probably 55 or 60. Yeah. My grandpa was, was really fun. was really involved. He worked at Utah Travel, and he was really involved then. But, yeah, he in 2030, he might be closer to 90 at that time. Yeah, I, mean, so. I love it. for. I mean, it worked. I mean, my kids will all be right around 18, 19 years old. It's in 30 or early 20s, which is a great time. That's great. Great time. Evolving. Yep. I mean, I, when, I, when it came around, I was 22. When I came back, when I was in college at SC, and I came back for the week 
the Olympics. It'd be so cool. It'd be real exciting. Hey, uh, I, I'm flapping my gums while we've got callers waiting. That's rude of me. 855-340-ZONE. Colin is our next guest. Is that right? Colin, thanks for calling in. Yeah, it's Colin, never Colin, but uh, just not to be yeah, I... looking for the uh, the uh, Colin organ. But um, no, just kidding. A lot of people spell it with you know. Anyways, um, I was just talking about the uh, comparison to the cars. I uh, I liked that comparison with BYU to the uh, the covered wagon. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> I think uh, it kind of just it basically sets a picture of slow and steady. You get to, they get through unimaginable odds, and uh, you know they're going to make it to their destination at some point. So I, I like that one. Um, then I think Utah State. I want to say uh, twenty twenty one Subaru Outback with all the bells and whistles. Uh, just just a workhorse. They can go anywhere. Um, I really like where their program's headed. Uh, Utah. I think they're. Utah has, has had like a, a brand new Tesla um, for a, a while, but then this last year, it it basically kind of turned into a. I don't know if you've seen. I'm sure you've seen uh, Monty Python, the Bring Out Your Dead, like oh, just, just slapping dead bodies on the on the cart. And I mean, here we got a team that whose whose football team decided not to play football in their bowl game. They they had only played five games, and they decide, hey, let's not play any more football. <laughs> I think I think that's the sign. It's been a miracle, like near death experience. They've they've gone to the other side and come back because uh, they're alive now and they're looking good. They're looking a lot more like the Tesla. But for a minute there, man, they were you had to have the cart, the Monty Python cart. That was that was pretty bad. Wow, those are those are some uh, comparisons they're calling. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. So. He likes the, the cover wagon for uh, BYU. He likes the 2021 Outback for the Aggies. I don't know about I don't know about bring out your dead with the Utes, but yeah, I don't know about that one. I was I'm on the same I was on the same track as him for a little bit because I think on the Utah side, if I was going to answer the question, yeah, I would have talked about an electric vehicle. I think they're progressive. They're moving forward, trying to be ahead of the game. They're just they're just not quite there yet. Yeah. Yeah, they, they do need to uh, fully embrace the offensive side of the ball at some point. Like, fully embrace it, uh, in my humble opinion. So well, we got some good quarterbacks coming in. It's going to be a fun quarterback fight this year. I, I hope that Coach Whittingham is excited, is, is, is as excited about that quarterback potential as the, the fan base is. He hasn't oh. been in the past, and we'll see if it is going forward. But not not bring out your dead. But I like where he was going with the – they've got a really nice Tesla – but maybe they're not uh, fully using all of the uh, the accoutrements that come with a really nice Tesla, the, and they they need to explore that a little more. Maybe I don't know. Good comparisons though. Just not bring out your dead. Eight five five three four zero zone. We've got Max holding on the line. We'll get to Max here in just a quick second. Eric, can we get to Max? Max, thanks for calling in. Hi. Hi. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a story to tell. It was 2017, I believe. It was July 29th when this happened. My dad had recently just bought a 2018 Hyundai Sonata plug-in hybrid. Hmm. It was very nice. 
It had everything to go with it, but we made one mistake, and we were running over the extension cord when we were um, plugging it in every night. Oh. And so sometimes it wouldn't charge, and then all of a sudden one day, it blew up. Oh, my gosh. The car? Yeah, yeah the car did. Whoa. Yeah. Did everyone make it okay? Yeah, we, we made it all oh, good. Thank um, yeah, it kind of shocked us because we're like, oh, hey, look, our garage is on fire. Wait. Our garage is on fire. Oh, yeah. Was it a detached garage? It, yeah. Uh, sorry, say that again. Was it a detached garage, or did it burn the house down too? Uh, it was an attached garage, so like it was like it blew up just the garage, and then it got, and then it like went up into the, one of the offices and everything. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Did they yeah. ever tell you to figure out what happened? Why it blew up? Uh, because I'm pretty sure it was because we were just running over the extension cord so many times. Gave it a little short. And yeah. when the electric currents went through, it started a fire. Oh, sad. Wow, that is scary. That's sad. a really scary story. Yeah. So beware of the, uh, the plugins. Just make sure you're doing everything to the book, huh? Yeah. Yep. All right, Max, thanks for calling in. Sorry to hear such a sad story, but I'm glad everyone made it. 855-340-ZONE. We're going to jump out to the phone lines here because we've got just a couple minutes left. Let's fit in Jack here on the end of the show. Hi, Jack. Jax, I'm sorry. How's it going? We're doing well. So uh, Google uh, the St. Regis in Park City and look at how they move people from the parking lot to the hotel. That's called the uh, funicular. Yeah. Funicular. I'm not familiar. Yeah. Are you, I have Jeff? been on the St. Regis Funicular before, right from Deer Valley. It's from the base of Deer Valley up to Deer Crest. So I wonder if they could use that in the Cottonwood Canyon. <laughs> Trouble. What is it? So t- tell me, the uh, the uninitiated, what is the St. Regis Funicular? What does that do? So, so Funicular, it's, it holds about 10, 15 people on each side, and it just goes up and down. It's very steep slope. You see them in a lot of mountain communities in Europe and things like that. Where ah. it's, they're for short distances, though. They're for a thousand feet. So that's most. what we see at, at Six Flags Magic Mountain. Yeah, that's yeah. more of a funicular. The Cog Railway is just a train that's designed to go up steeper slopes. Gotcha. Okay. So, so it's similar to this, but bigger, Jack. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Thank you, Jack. Appreciate thanks, Jack. it. Uh, Roberta, our good friend, is back on the show. Roberta, hopefully good luck has found you. Hi, Roberta. I just want to ask one question. Yes, ma'am. <clears throat> what did you say it costs to rent a car a day? You you rent them out oh, per I, day? Yeah, so I, I think I confuse people, Jeff, because there are some places around the country right now where it's astronomical to rent a car. But, Jeff, you have a, you have a pretty good deal going on. Yeah, so like... Because there's a shortage, most airports across the country for spring break are just insane. There have been stories about $300 a day and stuff like that. But our rental cars start about $40 a day. $40? Yeah. $40? Yeah, depending on the okay. size of the car, it's anywhere from $40 to $70 a day. Okay. How many days can you rent it? As many as you want? Yeah, as long as you want. We do discounts for weekly rentals as well. Hmm. So just if you call to our midtown now? location... Uh, they can they, they can get to our rental apartment and take care of you. He said they okay. give they give a discount for weekly rentals there, Roberta. That's How much is it a week? So generally a week. I think the weeks start at about two hundred dollars a week, something like that. Okay. 
Thank you. That's all I wanted to know. Thank you, Roberta. Thank no you. Problem, Roberta. Thank you. All right, Jeff. Uh, we got six callers in. A good, strong push that second hour. Put them all down on a random uh, in random order. Eric, I'm, get, I'm getting that. the numbers on it right now. One second, two seconds. Sure, Eric. Uh, while Jeff does that, use that Utah student math and pick a number between one and six for us. That's a dangerous proposition, <laughs> but I'll go five. 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 You got Max, who had the Sonata plug-in blow up his car. Ah, so some good fortune for Max and his family. They, they win that there oil change. <laughs> All right, we'll get that info over to Jeff's team, and they'll reach out to you, Max, to get that scheduled. Jeff, good to be back live with you. Let's do it again soon. Absolutely. Have a good week. If anybody needs to get a hold of me, feel free to send me an email direct at jeffm at mmsubaru.com. Or you can get, visit our stores online at markmillersuper.com. Awesome. Thank you, Jeff. For Eric Jensen and Jeff Miller, I'm Austin Horton. We'll be back next week on Utah Car Sense.